Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision making. A very good morning to you, the beloved listener of Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM. And thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Nimrod Upambele. Thanks for allowing me once again in your space. Uh, I can't believe that we are literally left with three weeks before the December break. Uh, I'm certainly sure that everyone is looking forward to it. It has been such a long year for so many people. And you probably concur with me. If you're as tired as I am, uh, you're certainly looking forward to that particular break. Uh, in the meantime, I think also the the learners who are currently doing the metric, uh, students, a population in general, are also looking forward to the well-deserved break. Let's take this opportunity once again to wish them nothing but the best as they continue to uh, make a difference in their own personal spaces through academia, so to speak. I want us to take a memory, you know, memory trip, trip down memory lane, if you will, uh, by commemorating the lives of Miriam Makeba, who died on this day back in 2018. Uh, she was indeed the country's and the continent's cultural ambassador, as she was able to communicate African hardships through music. Uh, we all know that Miriam Makeba's career has flourished in the States after she had released several songs, and her most popular song being Pata Pata, which was released in 1967. She performed alongside a number of well-known musicians and artists, uh, amongst others that being uh, Belafonte, which resulted in the uh, award-winning Grammy uh, back in 1965. Um, that was so incredible. And we all know that uh, Miriam Makabe has been such an inspiration to so many people across the globe. Africans in diaspora saw her as an epitome of endless possibilities as they could express themselves through music, dance, dress, languages, and, you know, ideology, if you like. Miriam, at every given opportunity, she would use that particular platform to communicate the hardships of people, you know, and that, that really gave her a different texture to her persona, to, to her personality, uh, hence he became, you know, the ambassador, if you like. So we definitely need to be, you know, continue the support which commemorates such icons, for we know that they inspire up-and-coming legends, which is something that we constantly have to do. I hope the arts and business uh, sector in general join hands as we commemorate this, this legend and Part of commemoration is not only just talking about it, it's to really plow back uh, in any venture or legacy project that she has started. We know that Miriam was very passionate about a girl child. She was passionate about poverty. Um, she was passionate about inequality. Those ideals that she fought for through her music still linger today. So we need to do our best as a community to try and, and, and resuscitate those by making a difference in her own. Uh, once again, thanks for joining us uh, as we continue to uh, deliberate on economic uh, issues which are meant to change uh, in your life and my life in particular. Uh, in this show, we are deliberate in presenting uh, or showcasing, if you like, success stories uh, here at home and in the continent. We do this through our esteemed guests who, in my view, serve as a uh, beacon or beacon of uh, hope uh, to existing 
entrepreneurs as well as those who aspire financial independence. Uh, if you want to hear more of these uh, stories, simply visit our website, which is which is www.highfm.com. Uh, reach out to our uh, you know uh, podcast, download it, share with us your views via social media, which is three four five one nine. That's our SMS line. The Telegram is zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. And of course, your views and thoughts are most welcome via my Twitter handle, which is at Mbele Nimrod. As you know, um, you know, one does not fly this kind of uh, jet without co-pilot. On that note, let me do what we do best by acknowledging, you know, Vusi, who is the technical producer of the show, for um, being part of this um, stunning uh, assignment. Vusi, thank you very much. Um, then we pretty much get into the gist of our conversation on this glorious morning, and, and I'm happy to to be joined by Dale Magaya, who is the CEO at Dadem Investment, as well as Oliver, uh, who's also a CEO at African Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center, or Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, a bigger pardon. Gentlemen, without any waste of time, let me take this opportunity to welcome you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you to your listeners. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm not sure if you are a fan of music, and I said I'll be, I'll, I'll, it'll be criminal uh, if none of you guys have heard or seen or have anything to say about Miriam McGavin. Perhaps maybe that's where we should start now that we are commemorating her legacy today. Let me start with you, Oliver. Thank you so much. Um, I think uh, music is a sure way of uh, vending emotion. Without music, life will be in vain. When you are sad, you find yourself in a colorful tune. When you are happy, you find yourself singing. So I think music is indeed a sure way of vending emotion, and we should take time to reflect and celebrate the work Mama Miriam Makeba and all other artists out there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Yourself, Dave? You know, Miriam Makeba was a pillar for women. She is a definition of a true woman. She spoke through her music. And if you listen to music, it relates to the everyday person. And that's what I loved about her. Her music had a voice, which is the most powerful thing that anyone can approve. Because it relates to everyday child, a girl child, a boy child, every, whether you are rich, poor, her music was able to speak to the voice of the voiceless. That's what we loved her, about her. And for us, from our company's perspective, whereby we, we empower women, her, she is a pillar for, for us, but I would definitely get into that so you can just see the relationship, relation between her and our company. So her music, she is a legend and we must keep singing and praising her for what she was able to achieve. On that note, Dave, thank you very much. I mean, uh, I'm glad that you were able to see what I saw by linking the enterprise side of Miriam with what you guys are doing. Tell us mm -hmm. a little bit more about your company. So just a quick brief. So Datum Investments are actually a youth-owned management company. And I want to emphasize on the youth because that the aim is actually to um, empower other youth who think, oh, no, we can't do this. So I'm a very, we're proud to always say, we always emphasize youth-owned management company. So we, we've got five uh, divisions that we run. We've got a, one is event management. So we curate our own events. So from your exhibitions, 
conferences, workshops. Then we've got our supply chain uh, management division, whereby we procure goods and services for both government and private sector, both in South Africa and Africa. We've got uh, mergers and acquisitions, but the mergers and acquisitions, we've done it slightly more different. Because of our network, we get to meet different people. So literally, we are more of an introductory. So example, let's say company A is looking to sell to company B. We know both of them. We do an introductory, hence our mergers and acquisitions division. So we're more of a third-party introductory. Then we've got our technology side where we build telecommunication systems, consumer electronics, we bring in partners whereby whatever systems that you need across all networks, we build systems for you, but not just build, we actually bring in other relevant parties to to the table whereby they can provide that technology and we assist because obviously we know the market, we know what our people want, so we bring in the relevant partners and we build all our systems that you can. Then we also have a logistics arm, so distribution, supply chain, that's our our market there. So we are how do I put it? We're very diverse. We wear different different hats. So it's one of those when we see an opportunity, we take it. I just don't want to be known as a one field company. So we've got different targets that we've got, and we are expanding as we go. We are literally expanding as we go because when you meet different people on a different basis, ideas pop in, and you're like, oh, this is something that we like. Let's look at into that. We even laughing yesterday with one of you know, with Sally. We're like, ah, oh, the arts. That's something that we might want to look at because I can tell with the arts, especially in South Africa, there's a lot of things that are happening. So if I am able to at least just tap into the try and change it, because with our philosophy of in investments, youth and women empowerment is our goal. So even with regards to our suppliers that we work with, if your company is not a youth-owned or women-owned company, it makes it very difficult for us to work with you because we want to empower youth and women. Because when I started this, being a youth, black especially, no one ever gave me a chance. So when I'm coming up, I want to uplift and bring everyone. So our target is literally youth and women. So even at the company, I know people might say this is a bit sexist. We only hire women. That is us. Because especially in South Africa, women getting an opportunity, they need to go through certain things. So we're like, we just want to change the narrative, empower women, and that's the investment for you. Well, that's quite interesting um, inside of this uh, uh, company. But before we get into the details of your offerings and your your business model, let me just give um, Oliver an opportunity. First and foremost, how did you guys meet Oliver? Because I've had a privilege of engaging Oliver in a different platform. He does come across as a serial entrepreneur. Your relationship with Dale, let's start there. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, before actually I say that, I wanted to mention that uh, for any for any business to be able to ensure sustainability, they need to have financial support as well as business acumen. How we met, um, I am in the space of entrepreneurship as the president of the African Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center. One of our stakeholders and partners we space um, in Namibia, Maggie, who's representing the Southern Customs, um, she was supposed to be speaking at the current event that we are hosting, the Africa, um, the Africa Trade um, and Customs Week that is hosted by Dell Investments, and she couldn't make it. So she reached out uh, to us and say, "You are in the country. You have to support. The whole idea is to support women and youth, and how we can be able to become a global village and build the hashtag." Africa that we want. We can't develop without empowering youth and women, but also have 
um, a serious and robust uh, dialogue and conversations. I think as Africans, we have been talking, but I think it's time now for us to act and to be able to build um, the hashtag uh, Africa that we want, but also to leverage the power of emerging exponential and digital technologies. African entrepreneurs are now living through an unusual time in which the capacity of technology to solve problems is starting to match the scale of this market uh, challenges. But also with the Africa Free Continental Trade Agreement, it's now easier to build into Africa trade among African countries. But without the key stakeholders, Without collaborative approach, we cannot be able to achieve this. So thank you for this opportunity and thank you to the role of the media in sharing the information. Because one of the biggest challenges in Africa is information sharing that is relevant to the development of the continent. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. It's quite useful indeed as we gravitate to more substantial issues of our conversation. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back just in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back uh, to Beyond Governance. We haven't really messed out or missed out a bit because we've just started with a very interesting conversation that is investment and management wide. I'm joined by two gentlemen who are experts in their own right. One is Dale Magaya as well, who is the CEO at Dale Investment, as well as Oliver, who is the CEO at the African Innovation or African Innovation Entrepreneurship Center. Before we took that break, we got a sense from Dale in terms of what that investment is all about. He's given us insights as, as a company that deals with about five domains, if you like, event, supply chain, managers and acquisition technology and distributions. Uh, what I like about, um, you know, the interface or the relationship with, with Oliver is that in any business environment, you know, you need that symbiotic relationship between financial instrument as well as business acumen. In some instances, you have an entrepreneur who has a very good idea without financial support or mm. a financial muscle without a good idea mm. because it is possible. So they'll take us through a typical investment that you look at or support to businesses that you look at in practical terms. So from our end, when actually someone comes through with, with an idea, when our traditional investment, we look at it differently. So when you come, you've got your idea, you've got your thing. The first thing I always tell you as a person, you need to invest in yourself first. Before you can go and approach someone, you need to invest in your own self. That you need to expand your knowledge, you need to spend time, energy, boost your own confidence in your own abilities which allows you to have that confidence. Because firstly, when you approach an investment company or management company, you're trying to get funding. If you yourself do not have that know-how or that confidence, even if you're going to do an amazing pitch, because you lack that confidence, that knowledge, whereby you haven't invested in your own self, it complicates things. Because as much as we might believe in Whatever you're pitching or whatever idea you have, we are happy to expand on that. But if we see that you yourself, firstly, have not invested in yourself, it makes it very difficult because confident, because when you, especially when you go into a business, it's difficult. And we can tell if you don't have that confidence because we just know, oh no, this is not going to work out, even regardless if it's an amazing idea. But if you haven't personally 
invested in yourself and which is what we actually see a lot, especially amongst our youth. They've got brilliant ideas, but they haven't taken the time to actually gain more knowledge to study. Or let's say someone typically wants to, let's look at this. They want to do a payment system. So let's say like a blockchain uh, looking at the pay or payment solutions. You come with your idea, but have you now known the compliance issues related to that uh, investment that, that come that you want to do compliance, current issues with that market, what you need to do, the models. Hence, I say investing in yourself knowledge wise, because we've been approached with various plenty companies who've come, they've got ideas. Oh, this is what we want to do. But when you start getting deeper, okay, how much have you also invested in your own self? Because before someone invests in you, you need to also have put up your own thing. When I'm saying put up in your own self, I don't mean having put up millions. What have you done yourself? How much, what have you sacrificed? So I always want to go through to the guys who have actually sacrificed themselves and like, Oh no, I've, this is my business model. Yes, I'm struggling financially, but it's hard to do, but I've invested example, my own share. Even if it's a thousand, you've actually invested your own contribution there, which makes it easier for us. Like, ah, we can tell you actually sacrifice your own thing, but now if you come and you have not invested in yourself, Things are very, 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 that's the way we make it wrong. Because also then you get taken advantage of when we see that you also don't know what you're doing. People still tend to take advantage of you because you might have an amazing idea, but you've also shown an element of desperation, which is what always happens, whereby you play all your cards and you're desperate. If I may come in there, uh, Dale, I mean, interesting issues about um, investment in oneself, Basically, because how you've started a conversation in my mind is that your target audience from a business point of view are startups. Um, are you only focusing on startups or you also? No. Look so we, them? we work. So ideally startups, SMMEs, those are our target because I was once an SMME and I'd like to believe I'm still an SMME. I don't want to call myself or we're not, a, we're not there yet. So startups, SMMEs, those are the ones we want to work with because they are hungry. They they want to tap into the market because SMEs, they've got, how do I put it? They they are the, the pillar. They People see them. We we do our SMME startups. There's a lot of things that are happening under the, in the grassroots. There's a lot of things happening. So for us, those are our targets. So literally, we bring you into our network. We introduce you to certain people, whether you are IT, you are automotive, you are whatever industry or sector you've got, we bring you into our network. We help you out. Literally, we want you to grow. So what we always expect, and for us, it's not about, yes, people would think investment, you want to make a, a dollar out of it. What I, our model is, we help you, you need to help the next person after you. That's our model. We say, we help you, we expect you to do the same to your brother and the sister behind you. That's it. So startups, SMEs, whatever f- industry, weed, pharmaceuticals, automotive, food and beverage, because we've been getting a lot of food, food and beverage because there's a lot of food innovation happening in South Africa where we don't realize there's a lot of, so ginger infused, uh, drinks. We've got ice cream that's now being infused with bugs. So it's just, there's a lot of innovation and everyone, when they come, we want to get our product into pick and pay or retail per se. We have those relationships where we groom you. We pack, since we have a distribution arm, we package things for you. We do everything for you. Then we put you into, into retail. Then what's expected of you? Do the same to others. Interesting. You remind me of a book that, that I read not so long ago. It was written by Bonang Mahale, who is a very close friend to the show. It's titled Lift As You Rise, which 
pretty much speaks to what you are doing in a nutshell. I'm glad that you raise a biggest albatross around any business, let alone startups or small businesses, if you like, that being a access to market, you know, because you may have a product. A lot of entrepreneurs have products, but access to the market is difficult. How are you supporting or assisting existing and wannabe businesses to access the market? So with access to market, that's the biggest thing. So let's say let's do food and beverage. So we actually work with a lot of companies who are coming in and they their goal is distribution. They want to get into market. The first thing that you do, let's say so you're you're launching, let's say a noodles as a with a bad example, but let's work with noodles. What thing you need to first look at your market? What are other brands who are already in the retail market? What are they offering from a packaging perspective to branding perspective? What is it they're doing? You need to now differentiate yourself first. Because if you're going to offer a product that's similar to what everyone is in there, you're just going to be overshadowed. So what we do, because we've got relationships with various retailers, with distribution uh, agencies across Africa. So one thing that people don't realize is people want different things. Literally, sometimes you could just take you branding your inside of a black Packaging, you do a pink packaging just to make it different. So we've got those relationships with distributors because there's a lot of distributors who are looking for new and innovative products. You bring in your products, we can distribute for you. So we've got relationships across Africa. You bring in your product. The only issue whereby we find is now, let's say, example, we actually onboarded a client two weeks ago. The one I was saying she does ginger in, uh, juices. The problem now, she can't meet the demand. Because she is still small. She wanted to grow too quickly before she is ready. We are told, no, it's a stage. You need to take it stage by stage because we understand because you rushing and launching your product. It just makes it difficult. Now you don't know how to meet demand because now you can get an order from a retailer. They say they want 5,000 of your juices. You've got only capacity to do 500. Then what's the point? So, Issue we have with market access relations because, and also how we, uh, we have those because we run events as well, our event division. So we run a halal trade manufacturing and logistics event. So we bring all these retailers, we bring all these distributors who engage and they say, Dale, we are looking for A, B, and C. We look into our network like, okay, we've got companies that provide, if it's sanitary pads as an example, if it's uh, cosmetic lines, we bring in them. They say, okay, this is what we want. If we need to repackage the program, repackage it. We offer it to the distributor, the distributor distributes across their network. You as the manufacturer, SMME or whatever you are, you get paid upon delivery of all the products that you bring in. Interesting. Let me just bring in um, Oliver here on the very same issue of access to market because it is very hard. I've pretty much been there, done that, and of course, scars the show. Oliver, I mean, I hear what Dale is saying that they've got this network of retailers would obviously, you know, a role in promoting access to market. The other issue that for you to to have access to the market, here is a very pertinent point about the quantum. In some instances, entrepreneurs or businesses get an opportunity, but they cannot meet the demand given of in, in terms of the quantums. And there are issues that are critical, particularly when selling consumable goods. You know, this ginger infused drink, as an example, it has to go through a number of stages, you know, certifying bodies mm-hmm. to warrant it a worthy of a 
drink to be consumed. So, again, there are a lot of uh, requirements that are needed from that point. Your ACBS approval, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. this bureau, that and that. So take us through that because that's quite critical. Because people who come, who wants to come to you for advice, they need to have that kind of insight upfront. Oliver, your take on that as an entrepreneur. Thank you so much uh, for the great submission. Um, um, I think for me, as I think we first have to comment on um, that um, everybody, if you look at the big corporates as well as the small business, uh, they all have challenges when it comes to to, to access to markets. But at the African Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center, we really look into um, the entire uh, value chain. That's why we have to look into um, a collaborative approach. We develop what we call a go-to-market strategy that can be shared uh, freely um, to small and medium and enterprises. And when we look at the collaborative approach, because if you look at the issue of the investment, there's an issue of investment as well when it comes to market access. Because sometimes, let's say you are supplying the government. In the Western Cape, it takes 30 days to be able to get paid. You have proof that um, you have markets, but you don't have enough capital to do your production costs and uh, to deliver. So it's all about how do we, as a collective, bring the key stakeholders together and create platforms, such as events that uh, Dale mentioned, like when you um, have an event uh, that focuses on the entire uh, ecosystem, you can be able to address um, the areas of of access to markets. We also have trade missions that we, we organize at African Innovation Entrepreneurship Center, where we collaborate with other countries, both within Africa as well as the Caribbean. We are now selling our art and craft, for example, um, and our African, for example, in South Africa, we have the African treasure. In Kenya, we have the Maasai clothing um, beyond, um, beyond our borders. And let me just use this opportunity as well to highlight on the AIEC 9th edition global investment trade mission to Cape Town that will take place from the 25th to the 31st of March uh, next year, where we'll be looking at um, the different areas. For example, learn from the best. So we'll be bringing sector-specific mentors, people that can actually buy, you know, products in bulk, um, and then also help to expand your network of winners. Because when we do come together as entrepreneurs and business people, we can be able to create um, a market among ourselves. Find the right partners. I think um, I was at the airport the other day. A lady asked me, what uh, two advice will you give to a young person who wants to become a millionaire? I think it's also about your passion, but also about uh, build a network of uh, great associates. Uh, meet investors. What's one I create? Because when you look at the small business, one of the challenges is that they all meet alone together and create these platforms, but you actually need to meet the investors. So having a room of the like-minded individuals, but also people that have the actual money that can be able to help and support your businesses. We also manage portfolios of investments um, where we do management um, consulting services, but also transactional advisory services where we get mandate from investors that want to invest in the different um, African projects. And we're looking at uh, distributing um, about $10 billion um, in next year of the different management portfolios that we manage. Great stuff indeed. Before we, I think you've given us food for thought, uh, Oliver, which uh, can be further debunked, if you like, um, after this 
quick break. Let's do that. And we'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point, it is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. Uh, this is Beyond Governments. Uh, thanks for tuning in. My name is Nimrod Timbele. I'm joined by esteemed colleagues here, Dale Magaya, who is the executive at Dadam Investment, as well as Oliver, uh, who is a CEO at African Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center. Before we took that break, we got a sense from the colleagues around the types of support and services they render for small businesses. Key to that uh, is access to market, because we all know that most companies struggle because markets either monopolized or uh, markets are inaccessible um, to a small company. Those that manage to get their foot in, they get ripped out. Um, there's a whole lot of issues that, that comes through. The other one, the other issue that I want to further take forward is that of technical support. I mean, technical support here, I'm referring to IP in its broad spectrum. You know, you have correctly pointed out that most entrepreneurs are taken for the ride purely because IP around, I don't know, copyright, IP mm-hmm. around understanding contracts and oh. contractual obligation and so forth mm-hmm. are a big issue. So to what extent do you provide technical support um, that is equitable, that is just to those? And how big is a problem in respect to technical support which businesses need? So I just want to jump in there. So with IP, so the problem with investors, let's with SMME startups, let's say they've been trying to get funding. Two or three years they've been struggling. They've not been getting a single thing. Then when one person comes in and says, oh, I'll give you a 100000 for your product, then they jump on that. So the issue that happens really with SMMEs or small business or startups, the desperation aspect, that's the problem, whereby now they get offered a contract because they got, they're so excited just to see those numbers Oh, 100,000. They haven't had 100,000 put in their face. They quickly sign. You don't look at the little terms and conditions, T's and C's. You, you miss that. So we always say with don't show that even regardless of how desperate you are, don't show that you're desperate. That's first me the biggest. Remember when I said you need to invest in yourself, confidence, knowledge, that is key. Don't show, I've also been in a situation whereby when I started this company, whereby things were not going well, people were throwing money at me, but I told myself, this, I will not be desperate because once you sign on that dotted line, you sign a contract, it's over. Hence, because not all investments are out there to partner with you. Some people just want to take you for a ride, which is what happens a lot in South Africa, whereby they see a brilliant idea, people just want to take you for a ride. Either they tell you, oh no, you own your product for two years, after two years, because you haven't read the T's and C's, you don't own the IP intellectual property. Now that IP is gone, you don't own nothing and you're left in the code. Literally for us, when we come on board, we don't do 
contracts, once you sign up on contracts, like I said for us, we're not doing things traditionally. But before I even just me just quickly jump on this, before you even look at an investor, the, the DTI actually has an export development program for SMMEs for startups, and they have been doing amazing things. Literally, they are taking companies across the globe. Even if you're not as yet as you're not yet market ready, but they want you to go out there so you can experience. So part of I said knowledge, even your, your local municipalities, they all have an export development program or an SMME development program because we actually work with a lot of municipalities because we've got an event called SMME Empowerment Week Summit, which is literally mainly, as it says, empowering SMMEs. First, not like I went back to said knowledge. Before looking at an investor, go through the circle that you have. Your local municipalities, they've all, all these development agencies, your CEDAR, you name it, it's different, but always your national youth development agencies, look at those ones first you know, because they, they will guide you. Interesting, interesting insight, Dale, but, you know, municipalities are just a bad example. i tell you why. I mean, and I'm glad that Oliver said in the Western Cape, uh, municipalities pay all, you know, mm-hmm. municipalities pay the service providers within 30 days. And I can tell you other provinces, especially in housing, people don't get paid. Uh, within 30 days, within 60 days, within 90 days, within mm. 200 days. So that in lies in a big problem, which obviously, you know, undermines any initiative as it were. So unless perhaps maybe you're talking businesses outside, and I know this is, it comes a bit of unfair, but that's the reality. The majority of small businesses who do business with a government department don't get paid. Oh, so I'm, I wasn't referring to you doing business with the actual municipality. No. I'm talking from a development because remember technical how for them to give you an example, they've most municipalities they can offer small SME companies office space. I'm talking about that aspect because remember we're trying to develop an SME and for you before so you you are ready before you can come to me like oh Dale, this is what we offer. You're getting yourself ready. You get these municipalities, they've got not doing business with them. We do business with government and I can tell you we fully agree we've got invoices that don't get paid. But I'm talking as a startup, municipalities have these development programs that they have for companies within their little uh circle whereby you can access the so example to your computers to information that they can give you. That's where I'm referring that your municipality then they can link you up with the DTI export program. So I'm not referring you to working with government. Don't uh-huh. start as SME, don't start working with government because it's a you will lose. You will lose out. I don't support SMEs or startups looking well, working with well, them because well, you will lose out. But but we also don't have to be we don't have to be unfair to government because there are pockets of good um excellent or the good work that is, is done by government. It's just that we've got few rotten apples. But yeah. it made, that's not the point. Let mm-hmm. me just bring in Oliver here, particularly from the, the and again, from the support uh, of, of entrepreneurs. You've just said to us that one of your biggest uh, ask is, you said you'll be man- you're managing 10 billion rands uh, management, 10 billion rands transactional trade related transactions. Take a, tell us a little bit more about that. Who is involved? How is it going to shape up? And how did you get to that figure? 
Uh, maybe just before I mentioned, actually, the, the 10 billion is we, we hope to attract the 10 billion dollars for March, um, investment for the African uh, projects. But I want to just comment on innovation and intellectual property first. Uh, so um, innovation, we as Africans don't respect intellectual property. And in most of our events, we, we, we highlight and we talk about, um, this because it's on top three of my list of the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing in Africa. We talk about access to markets, access to finance, then of course, innovation and in intellectual property. Intellectual property is very, crucial to any sustainability of any business and most people actually when you tell them look you need to sign these documents for example i just want to give one example like let's say um me and my wife and um i'm doing business with my brother or with a, a friend and if i die and we don't have any paperwork my wife may know my friend but if there's no paperwork you may lose my friend may lose the money when I'm dead. So we, when we do our events, we have a topic that is dedicated and a masterclass that looks at the section that provides some fundamentals and basis on IP, including the various types and their characteristics, the importance, advantages, as well as disadvantages and relative costs of IP systems across Africa. And the general challenges across Africa as well as what African inventors face will be share and what the FCFTA IP protocol on IP rights seeks to achieve. We also narrow the patents, um, the different patent types, their characteristics, requirements, what could and could not be patent, the process involved and protecting your business with strong patents and some keys takeaway. The expectation in, uh, of our audience understand the importance as well as benefits of IP and why it is necessary for Africa and Africans to well pursue um, the advantage. So I think by bringing key stakeholders, um, the different key stakeholders and having dialogues and partnerships, we can be able through the different partners uh, address these issues. One of my top three uh, key um, areas. When it comes to investments, um, we do work, we do not have money ourselves, but we do work with uh, people with money, um, the different investment portfolios. Um, 80% of it comes from, um, from Asia, including, uh, Turkey, but we also have investments from Africa as well as, um, as Europe. Uh, we have, um, engaged a number of different funders, um, in our network that we've been working with, uh, for the past, uh, 10 years. And that's why hence, are uh, hosting this, um, uh, investment, um, trade mission, uh, next year, uh, which will be our ninth edition in Cape Town um, uh, that we will be able to um, to raise and um, and invest in projects. Unfortunately, this investment is not for small business because you must have been in operation for at least minimum three years. You're looking for loan or equity funding for expansion. But of course, all hope is not lost for small businesses. We have another project called Air Cash Finance where we are raising $600 million uh, for one of the other challenges when you do access markets, trading finance. You know, when you have proof that you have markets, but you don't have the actual uh, production costs or money to be able to supply um, your products. So this um, Air Cash Finance Initiative will be able to fund people that um, don't have three years in the operation, but they have access or they have proof 
um, of markets. Unfortunately, in South Africa, we can't operate at the moment because we have been waiting for the license for the past 11 months. Uh, we're even now hoping to adjust and to start in a different African country and then on second phase come back to uh, South Africa. So just in short, I will encourage um, I will encourage uh, our audience to engage us further uh, beyond uh, this conversation today on some of the uh, opportunities that they are um, in terms of investment, but also some of the IP uh, programs. And I think what we could do with Dell Investments and other partners is maybe uh, as a way forward is to have more workshops and masterclasses um, on IP as well to help our small and medium enterprises. Thank you. Look, I mean, if you did on the name, uh, Oliver, that's something that I would strongly encourage because small businesses um, don't understand because the level, the issue that Dale raised, desperation. And, you know, you are desperate not because you want to be desperate. You're desperate because you have spent every single ounce, every single cent over God knows how many years to try and break through. And suddenly someone with uh, Daniel a carrot, you're going to jump. That's realistic. Nine out of ten people will take the carrot, even if along the way the carrot is going to come back, well, it will turn out to be something else. But those are some of the issues that are important as you go and uh, impart knowledge among your constituencies. It is important that you, from time to time, reflect on the importance of uh, uh, intellectual property and, 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 and what is it that can be patented, what are the characteristics of patenting in the country and in, in the continent. And these are some of the issues that Intercontinental Free Trade Agreement uh, seeks to address. On that note, let's quickly take a break. We'll come back in a second as we gravitate towards the last bit of our conversation. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point, it is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back. Uh, this is Beyond Governance. Thanks for joining in. Uh, we have had uh, interesting conversations with my, you know, uh, colleagues here. Um, and in the name of uh, Dale Magaya, who is the executive at Dylan Investment, as well as Oliver. Uh, Oliver is a CEO at the African Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center. Before we had that break, key of our, you know, conversation centered around access to market, access to technical support, and access to funding. Um, the, the last part of, um, before we took that ad break, Dale, I mean, Oliver was giving us a sense of um, his role as a conduit uh, in, in the financial market uh, in, 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 in countries such as Turkey and Asia, and, and the extent to which they are seeking to raise close to $10 billion towards an initiative that will take place next year in March in Cape Town. And he's also not discriminatory, if I might add, that even though the target market is for businesses that are already established, uh, they are also looking at there are other funding opportunities or funding pockets uh, that looks at uh, startups. 
as it were. Uh, coming back, colleagues, as we are about to wrap up, I mean, uh, it is quite interesting, and we don't have, obviously, we, the more uh, issues that needs to be uh, probed, you know, so that we are able to impart good insight to the listener who is either operating at the top level uh, and a listener that is, you know, emerging or wanting to take uh, opportunities that you guys have provided. Lastly, your take, uh, your final party short, uh, uh, Dale, based on what we have spoken about. So I just want to, so let's just quickly just want to highlight this. So for us as a business, just to highlight that, 10% of our monthly revenue goes towards finding and funding SME startups. Every month, 10% of our annual revenue. So because we also run a foundation, it's called Darem Foundation, which is looking after animals and children. That 20% of our revenue goes towards that. Then 10% of our revenue, because I, we like to put our money where our mouth is. So because of the struggles that I went through starting this business and just growing up, I want to bring up everyone. So every month, 10% of our revenue that I'm not talking about profits, eh? literally every cent that we've made, 10% of that goes towards us funding SMME startups and different projects that can assist SMMEs. So that's something that I'm very passionate about because especially being a youth and I know that when I was coming up, no one ever gave me a chance. No one ever handed me a hand. So for me, it's a big deal whereby literally every month we actually, during the whole course of the month, we're looking, we're literally targeting whether we're going into the different communities, we're speaking to different community leaders. What are the new projects that you guys are running? What are the, which are the companies that you have? Which, where do you need assistance? So we are big on that because it, yes, it's nice to go and get money from other people, but sometimes that money comes with uh, red tape or it's got you need to spend it on this 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 like example like I, Oliver I respect Oliver they don't target the uh, startups that's perfectly fine so we like rather instead of getting money from other people I'll put my own money and we bring up our our startups because sometimes not many funders not many investors want startups because obviously startups it's a very risky business because startup you can I fund them, they're successful for a year, the next year that it's it's gone. So not many investors or not, not many finance houses want to deal or interact with startups. So like if you're not gonna interact with them, who's gonna interact with them? Because for you to to become example a Coca-Cola, you need to start up as a startup. Whether you're working from your mother's garage or your room, you need to start somewhere. So if no one's gonna target those guys then how are we going to improve the life? So we target those ones. But for us, just if you're an SME or you are starting up your business, you need to just know the market that you're going into. Know the competitors, know the challenges, know what you need to do. Invest in technology. You need, to, as a startup or as an SME, you need to be the marketing person, the finance person, the project manager. You need to have a 360 overview of your business. If you do not know from your finance and your finance, whatever you bring, you make in terms of profit or what, invest back into that business. Don't run way by now. You make a little money. Now you want to go and start showing off. That's where we make a mistake. Everything that you make as a small business, invest back into your business. 
to this day, everything that we make, we invest back into the business. Whereby now we need to in, in get software for our business, whether we get everything that we get invest yeah. in, you invest in yourself, you invest in your business. I, I like, I like your philosophy, Dale. Perhaps maybe for the listener who may want to partner with you, uh, give us your details. Um, then for someone who may want to, because who may subscribe to your philosophy of self-investment and uplifting others. I'm, there are a lot of, uh, listeners who are, uh, business owners who who mm. could potentially partner with yourself. Give us your details quickly. Yeah. So you can catch me on my email. It's Dale. That's D A L E at D A D E M. Then I N V E S T. So that investment D A D E M Investments dot C O Z A. And you can call us on zero one one two three six eight six two nine zero one one two three six eight six two nine. Pop us an email. Give us a call. We are more than happy because we want to work. We are, we consider ourselves an SMME and we are, we like to work with upcoming companies. And like I said, for us, the only rule that we have is you need to give back to the, to your brother afterwards. That's the biggest thing for us. Lovely. Let me, let me give in Oliver his party short as well. Oliver. Yeah, in closing, I know um, they say time is the enemy of media. Um, I think uh, in quoting uh, um, uh, um, um on uh, investment, investing, um, he mentioned uh, investment is a critical instigator of change. We need to ensure that we are collaborating and directing investments towards disruptive ideas that will shape the industries uh, for future, something that is very, very crucial. And just to highlight two other things, uh, I think uh, when you talk about uh, the food and beverage, uh, drinks and and given that after COVID, we all are navigating towards a healthy uh, lifestyles. And um, and um, I really love the fact that when you talk about um, Africa and how we can develop, we talk about value addition to industrialization. Um, it should be um, a commonplace for us because we can now be able to be paid um, uh, um, uh, better than, you know, just buying raw materials from farmers. Um, they can't even, uh, break even. So those are some of the areas that I think we need to continue having, uh, these discussions where we talk, how do we value add our products and industrialization? How do we collaborate, um, and to create more opportunities and markets, not just, uh, nationally or in intra-Africa trade, but also beyond, um, uh, beyond, um, uh, yeah, Africa. And of course, yes, I think follow us, follow AIC at AIC 7th edition on all social media platforms. There are so many, uh, programs and opportunities that, uh, we are creating with our partners and we are always willing to see how best we can help. We always start with the design thinking of cost effect analysis and we bring support based on the need that our entrepreneurs across uh, the Africa are facing. And I want to say thank you so much to Chai FM and the team for the role of the media that you are playing. We can't afford to market ourselves as entrepreneurs to CNN and Al Jazeera, but you are creating this platform and I think you deserve to have even more support. And thanks to Tandem uh, um, Investments for the work that they are doing, not just in South Africa, but across the continent. And I think there's so many other synergies of what could be done in Building uh, the hashtag that um, that we want, um, that um, the Africa that we want. Yeah. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Unfortunately, we have to leave it here. Uh, it has been absolutely awesome. I certainly think and will hope that the listener out there has food for thought, and those that are keen to collaborate with your life with yourselves would certainly uh, follow us. And, and if there's any interest. 
I'll certainly pass it on. Uh, we're going to have to leave it here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Let's do this again uh, next time. Shalom. Thank you very much. Stay have a nice day further ahead. We've weathered the unexpected. We've stepped into a new world. And now it is the time for our businesses to re-emerge. Sure-footed, clear-headed, and strategically on point. It is a time for greater certainty, for accurate, actionable market research and business intelligence to make effective, up-to-date decisions. South Africa, that is how we move our businesses and economy forward. Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making.